The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of the California Angels and the City of Los Angeles, on the occasion of Her Majesty's Royal Visit, please welcome internationally renowned opera star Enrico Palazzo. Yes, he's in the intensive care ward at Our Lady of the Worthless Miracle. You should have been pulled in the forefront they have faith in you. You should have been pulled in the fifth that they had faith in you. And you. Here we are live and uncensored. It's the Palazzo Podcast Prospect Show. We do this show every Monday for you. Me and Phil Goyette. Follow Phil on Twitter at Phil of Sports, P-H-I-L-O-F Sports. It's right there on the live stream. But if you're listening to the podcast version, that's for you guys. Phil, what's a good word today, my friend? Uh, nothing. Crazy day in the fantasy world. I have the like the wildest thing going on in a dynasty league that I commish where uh, the whip category is determining a head-to-head outcome in the playoffs. And there's two different whips being displayed for a team on the Fantrax page. Hmm. One has the guy winning. One has the guy losing. <laughs> what? Yeah. What the hell's going on? I don't know. Objectively, I can't tell who has won this contest. Wow. Well, that sounds like a pain in the butt. But I hope you come to a conclusion on that because the season's almost over here. And this is a really important week, I would assume. Yeah, it's crazy because it's if you think about it, the whole matchup between these two guys over two weeks basically came down to like one walk or like one hit that uh, got recorded as a hit, not an error or something like a scorer's decision. It's nuts. The difference is the difference between the two right now is 0.006 in whip. Wow. Holy crap. That is so tight. Those scores that come down to the wire like that, those are, so intense it's amazing all the advance and all the innings that go by it comes down to yeah that tiny of a decimal point pretty crazy. these guys were sweating it out for two weeks and somebody stole a base yesterday to tie the stolen base category up so then the one guy thought he was done and then 
Paul Seawald came on last night, like late in the night, and gave up three hits in an inning. Oh. And pushed the whip potentially, but we don't know. It's all up in the air still. It's been wild, actually. What the hell, Paul Seawald? Come on, get it together. Well, we're here to talk about prospects and dynasty questions. If you have any, pop them in the live stream right here, and we will answer them directly. We do it every week. Last week, we had a healthy dose. Yeah. Uh, Helmet checked in. We're going to answer one of Helmet's questions, too, by the way, that he had on Twitter last week. We'll kind of lead off with that. But we'll also talk cool. about call-ups. We got September here. It's the last yeah. day or two of August, so it's time for, you know, call-ups oh. aren't what they used to be. Oh. Who you got? Who's getting I called up? Getting called up. You Adam Schefter, you got the breaking news? I wish. Uh, I want to be talking who, to you, no offense. Yeah, I know. It's not as fun, but, uh, you know, I I did go to Michigan like him, so, maybe, you know, we have that in common. Oh, Michigan uh, men. Michigan men, yes. What does that mean anymore? I don't fucking care. But I will tell you this. I feel like the call-ups aren't the same anymore because they changed some of the rules, and there's not as many people that are going to be filling the benches like they used to. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, that's true. Shorter benches, right? And we get two slots. Is that correct this year? Is that it? No. Is it 28? I think. That's so or maybe dumb. It's 20, I mean, maybe it's 28 for the players? first call-up. But yeah, yeah, I think so. Well, um, I just know that it changed so much because you could have a 40-man roster. You could have a yeah. whole, there'd be a whole bunch of people on the bench, and they'd be subbing in pinch runners and pinch hitters galore as September rolled on. And with the changes that happened over the last couple of years, it's just not like that now. Yeah. I think but, a lot of a lot of guys got called up already too, an interesting amount when I was looking at the list. But uh, there's still a good chunk of guys at like AAA level that could come up. I think so. Okay, well we're going to talk about that, of course. But first, uh, we want to answer Helmet's question. So Helmet had some, he actually had several players that he was inquiring about. So Phil, why don't you take it away here and yeah. let's answer what Helmet had to say. Yeah, so uh, he wanted to know about some hitting prospects outside the top 500, which is a nice question for me because I write an article about this once a week, mm -hmm. uh, more or less. Um, I think these guys should fall out the top 500. I'm just going to plow through them. Let me know what you think. Uh, the first guy that popped up when I was looking at some numbers, these are all hitters. So Patrick Marino uh, for the Rays is a Cuban uh, outfielder. Um, he's got some really big power. He takes huge cuts, and he's very athletic, so I keep my eye on him. Uh, Wes Clark for the Brewers uh, was drafted in the draft this year. He uh, played college baseball at South Carolina, one of the top power hitting uh, bats in college baseball last year. Power is carried over to the wood bat. Not surprisingly, the guy's like a tank. Um, and he's also walking more than he's striking out so far. So he's one to definitely watch. Uh, Griffin Conine, I have to mention because he winds up on all of my lists. So I love Griffin Conine, despite the 40% strikeout rate or whatever he's got going on. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a, I guess if you look at it though, if he were ever able to cut the strikeouts down by like 10%, then you have a beast. So, okay. uh, but he, he hits every list. So I've got to, I own him everywhere just because of that for nothing else. Uh, <laughs> uh, Brett Harris was a draft pick of the Oakland A's this past summer. Never heard of him before. Uh, he's a third baseman. He's he's also very athletic. Uh, went to Gonzaga for college baseball. And Oakland's already pushed him up to high A this year. So he's one to watch. He's been having a great uh, debut season. Hmm. Um, this next kid, Fralin Mignetti, is a shortstop prospect. I know, right? I hope I got it right. Uh, shortstop prospect for the Phillies, who did not get drafted this summer. So after his college season was done, he played in the collegiate summer draft league that the MLB put together for this year. 
to kind of showcase his skills. And he showcased himself so well that the Phillies signed him. Um, and he's looked good in his pro debut as well. So he's definitely somebody way out the top 500. He actually didn't even get drafted this summer. So keep your eye on him. Uh, Paxton Wallace, here's another guy that didn't get drafted this summer. Uh, he played college ball at Wichita State, uh, where he won a collegiate golden glove at third base. So wow. the defense is really good. Um, and his on-base percentage has been around 400 so far in his pro debut. So watch for Paxton. Uh, Ashton McGee is more of like a corner outfielder, or sorry, a corner infielder, like a slugger for in the Milwaukee system. But he's up to high A. Um, he has a lot of raw power. He sees a lot of pitches, so he's a guy that could uh, be good on base and good power. Uh, Jose Torres is another 2021 draft pick I'm checking out. Jose Torres is a shortstop in the red system. Uh, he played college ball at NC State, where he was um, known for his gloves, so he's a very good defensive shortstop. And it's a cool thing about Torres is he plays in the low A southeast, where a lot of those parks are on track man. So we can see some of the track man data, including like his exit velocity. So he's already posted 107.7 uh, mile per hour max exit velocity of the season, which is good. So we're seeing maybe some power from him to go along with the glove. Beautiful. Wow. Well, there it is. I hope you enjoyed that helmet. That, that is the kind of stuff that Phil brings you. You ask and you shall receive. I start digging. Yes, you are the digger. You are a grave, not a grave digger. Uh, you're just a digger of prospects who are very much alive and have a lot to offer the world. Uh, Michael Richards checking in, our pal from Rotofanatic. What's up, Michael? Hey. Good to see you, my friend. Uh, hey, guys. Deep. Finally caught one of the live shows. You're both doing a great job. Thanks, Michael. Uh, Thanks, Michael. Michael is a wizard himself. So if you yeah. want to ask Michael any questions, follow him on Twitter at MPRichards1981. I believe that is. That's off the top of my head. I'll verify that. But... Uh, He's a great uh, Twitter follow. Always posts timely updates on a lot of prospects that you're watching. So if you're kind of wondering what's going on with a guy, follow Michael because he's on top of the uh, happenings, the promotions, who's had good stats from Dominican League all the way up to AAA. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Smallest leagues to the biggest leagues. No doubt about it. Peter Pratt says, wow, stunning rundown, Phil. Well done. Nice, nice work, Phil. Well done. Thanks, Peter. Peter's uh that's all the way that's your buddy over there on uh oh, he's yeah. not on your island but he's over in the area so yeah nearby which I learned same time before. zone, same time zone. <laughs> when I said yeah why don't you just drive over there I'm an idiot I said that once on this podcast <laughs> or one of the previous podcasts uh Michael Richards says yes that is correct I got it right all right MP Richards 1981 I got it on the first try all right so 82 player 82 players Jesus 82 games maybe we should reduce would you want to reduce the MLB schedule by the way real quick totally fine with me we could really? talk about this if you want. Yeah. Um, all right. So one of the popular sports over here is cricket. Yeah. Cricket is a, in a lot of ways similar to baseball, uh, but like a big cricket match, they actually play it over the course of five days. Right. Um, so in an effort to make cricket more appealing to a lot more people, they've changed a lot of rules of the game, including shortening the games so that they always get done in a tighter time window like you could go after work and watch a game for two or three hours. So I think something like that with MLB might help with some fan engagement if you could cut the games down to um, – I don't know how it would line up with the with the divisions and stuff, but figure out some kind of schedule that gets it into 140 or – you know what I mean? 130, yeah. 140, something like that. Um, and – Hopefully you'll have a little less IL stints if that's the case. 
Uh, pitchers should be able to pitch a little longer because they're not throwing as many innings each year. Um, so all in all, I'm for it. I'm for anything that actually cuts down the time of the game. This might sound sacrilegious, but um, a lot of the sports over here, you put it on the TV and it's done in two hours. Guaranteed. That's hard it's to believe. It like fits right into the TV time slot. So, hard to believe. I don't believe it. I know. Unless you're watching Mark Burley or something in the MLB, it doesn't happen. Uh -huh. Raphael Betancourt, remember him? Uh, he took forever. Uh, look, my only concern is just the historical data that we're just going to have to separate the stats, and that's how it will have to be. I I don't know how I feel about this. I don't have a clear-cut answer, but that was well thought out, and I respect you, Phil, so I'm going to leave it at that for now. But we have a question here. Well, a question is more of a, a brag from Russell Withers. It says, what up, guys? How about my man Kevin Smith with his first MLB tater? Kevin Smith has been mentioned on the show several times, in particular by Russell, who yeah, he was all over it. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that was awesome. He was all over it. He said, "What about Kevin Smith?" I was like, "Yes, great shout, great shout." It seems like somebody. Oh, Biggio's hurt too now. Yeah, he's been hurt so. for a while, and they thought people thought he would come back, but he's he's not coming back. He's, I think yeah. he might just be on the shelf for the rest of the season. And they're out of the playoff on. They're not going to make the playoffs either. Toronto, so. no chance. I don't know. It's too far gone, man. You got the Yankees are six games behind the Rays, but they're steadily ahead of the Blue Jays by about five or six games. So Blue Jays are 68 and 61, I believe. And then the Red Sox are ahead of them still. So that's a that's a tough go. I just don't see it happening this year. I love the Blue Jays. I think they're very exciting. And guys like Kevin Smith are fun and they bring a lot of excitement to the ballpark. In fact, maybe I'll go see the Blue Jays this weekend. We're going to me and my girlfriend are heading over that way. Uh, oh, for the Labor Day weekend, so maybe we'll uh, pop over to the Rogers Center and check out Kevin Smith. Man, Toronto's a great town, too. There's so much fun stuff to do there. I've never experienced the town, so that's oh, what I'm thinking it. about. Yeah, I'm yeah. going to have to contact my guy, Zach Waxman. There's a whole bunch of Toronto people I'd probably have to contact, but uh, either way, Kevin Smith is a guy. Will he, will he really exceed Alondra Kirk or other players on this squad, or is this... Just a fun home run. Hey, a guy hit a home run. That's cool. I yeah. I mean, I think he could exceed Kevin Biggio as a mm. as an everyday third baseman for the team. So that's one one idea. Uh, he can play shortstop as well. So maybe he gives him. I guess Biggio gives him a lot of positional versatility. But uh, that makes more sense, I guess. Yeah, he's I got guess a, a DH. I was thinking about. Yeah, he's got a track record of of hitting uh, in the minors. He had you know good year, bad year really good year 2021 so mm -hmm. uh i see him challenging for a job in the spring and you probably want to keep him on your radar and redraft all right keep him on the radar you're live here with phil goyette and michael govier on the hey it's rico palazzo fantasy baseball prospects power half hour we are talking about prospects dynasty if you have questions pop them in the live chat we will answer them 30 minutes or less we get in we get out we move on with our lives 28-man rosters will go live here in September, which is just way smaller than 40, but that's how it is. So I don't know how many impact guys are going to get called up, but who are some of the guys that you possibly think could be, hey, you know what? I like this guy to get an opportunity in September. Yeah. Uh, first guy I guess we'll talk about is the, maybe one of the deepest guys I just picked on here. He was actually coming up on Helmet's list of the hitting prospects that might be outside the top 500. But one, <laughs> yep. Shout. Uh, Juan Yepes. Shouts now. <laughs> <laughs> that one scared me a little. Uh, Juan, Juan, that's Juan Yepes for the Cardinals uh, has had a great year. He's hitting AAA. 
Um, he's kind of a little more uh, rotund, uh, first base DH type guy, uh, but he can really hit and get on base. And I don't know if there's a spot that the Cardinals could use him, but he maybe is somebody they want to call up as a, even a bench bat to pinch hit late in game, something like that. So he'd be somebody I keep my eye on, and he's kind of a more obscure name. Um, and then I hit. A, there's probably a lot of guys that people know about that could get called up. One guy I saw, what about Bobby Wood Jr. for the Royals? Why not call him up? You know, he's hit almost 30 home runs this year. Give give the reason the team a reason to sell some tickets. Um, hmm. Let him get his debut in now, and then get a pop again in the spring. So he's okay. he's probably ready. He's probably ready. Oh, he's I don't ready. Know if Mon- I don't know if Montesi's going to come back and play any shortstop or not. <laughs> no, he's. <laughs> they have no faith in him, and nobody has faith in him. And the Royals are going nowhere. But Bobby Witt getting an opportunity has been something that has been touted for. The entire season, people drafted him in big-time money leagues, thinking, hey, Bobby Witt's coming, and he never showed up. It's just because of the rules. I don't think it's anything because he, he couldn't get it done. He's had a just an incredible year this yeah. year, and he's 21 years old at AAA. So, I mean, he's their future. He's the he's their shortstop probably next year, right? So, shit, why not? get Call him up, sell some tickets, get some people to Kaufman down the stretch run for – you know, some reason. <laughs> Something well, to get excited about. Yeah, I mean, he's clearly a super exciting player. Very high draft pick, number two overall. And he's shown that he is major league ready. There's really no debate about it. I mean, the K's were a problem, but he, he's showing the power. And yeah. this is the type of power that brings you to the majors. But he's not on yeah. the 40-man roster yet still, as far as I know. Uh, but that could change, right? Yeah, or they could just call him up and start his clock now if they wanted. So. I don't know. Just throwing one out there. Uh, another one I'll throw out there. Alec Thomas got promoted to oh. AAA with the D-backs. We talked about him on the show, I think, previously. Alec with a K. Yeah, former Alec White Sox prospect. Uh, well, the White Sox never picked him. His ah! dad. His dad I'm his messing dad with you because you like the White Sox. So. His dad was a strength and condition coach for the White Sox, and they didn't pick the kid. Uh, and he's, of course, great. Um, so uh, the Diamondbacks have talked a lot about wanting to move toward youth. They've said that in the last couple of weeks. They're going to start giving guys an opportunity to call up and uh, get some MLB time. So why not Alex? Oh, Varsho is actually playing more frequently. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Varsho or like a Seth Beer maybe should get some looks. So I said, why not Alex Thomas at AAA? Maybe that's an interesting one that could come up and help your fantasy team. Uh, Tampa has a few parts, I think, that they could use. And I think Tampa might be a team that might want to experiment a little bit in September to see what they're working with for the playoffs. So Josh Lowe, uh, outfielder who's had a really nice year and has been a top prospect for some time and can really hit and is also a power speed guy, I'd watch him. Uh, Vidal Bruhan maybe comes back up and they let him get his feet wet a little bit again ahead of the playoffs and see if he's somebody that could be like a bench glove or like you mentioned, a pinch runner, somebody with a lot of speed that could come in impact games. So you might see him. Um, and then what about Shane Bass? Uh, as an arm and it's something that tampa's done uh, i think last year with mcclanahan right brought him up basically for the playoffs um at the very tail end of the year so yeah i don't think uh was mcclanahan on the playoff roster i don't think he was uh off the top of my head but i'll verify that yeah uh maybe maybe he's like a bullpen weapon or something they throw at somebody that hasn't seen him before something like that so i agree that's what i was thinking 
yeah, I think Baz could be a playoff arm for them. That would be very useful, but he would have to be, he has to get a certain amount of games in in September to be on the playoff roster, right? Oh. That's the other thing too. So I don't know what they want to do because they have so many guys. The Rays have a, a laundry list. They got Nick Anderson. They still got JP Fireisen down there. They got guys that are ready to come up and contribute who are veterans too. It's just so many arms and you only get two more spots. Essentially you get 28 players total. So I like it, but uh, Michael Richards also says he likes Seth beer. If the diamondbacks give him a chance. I mean, he's just a classic power hitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's um, probably too slow to do much other than handle first base <laughs> or DHing, but unfortunately no DH yet. Um, but oh. he should slug. He should get on base. Um, there was a time when people were talking about him as being maybe a top pick in the MLB draft. He had such a great freshman year in college. Mm-hmm. Um, so he can hit. He's always been able to hit. I think the question is, can he do much else? But the D-backs throw him out there, right? See what you got yes. now. Oh, yeah. And McClanahan did make his major league debut this year, and he's pitched 100 innings, which is really great news for 2022, man. So that's that, the fact that he's given 100 innings at the major league level will be great for next season. I'm going to be big on Shane McClanahan. I really like his stuff, too. Yeah. Uh, as far as the other players that could get called up, some things I just want to throw out there again that we did mention briefly. The 40-man roster, uh, service time enactments, uh, people have to necessarily, certain players don't have to be on the 40-man roster to still be protected from the Rule 5 draft as well. So there's a lot of things that are in motion that GMs and front office people have to consider when they're going to call somebody up for this short run here in September. But just want to get down the record for those of you that were not aware of that stuff. Um, anybody else? Anybody else that could be intriguing? I just looked, they called, they did. They called up McClanahan for the playoffs. October 5th, he made his. Uh, they called him for the debut. playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't. So he made his playoffs. He made his debut like uh, Karoloff did in the playoffs. Yeah. I think it was, it was October 5th, 2020 was his debut against oh, the shit. Yankees. That's um, funny. Yeah. And That's two guys. maybe, but you know what? Maybe that was like a COVID thing now that I'm thinking about it. Maybe, COVID. you know what I mean? Maybe some kind of exception with COVID last year that they. Um, well, they, that was part uh, of the thing was they'd have taxi squads and shit where yeah. the designations didn't necessarily count. You're right. That's a good point. Yeah. But it did well, happen, though. You're right. So you I, you stand corrected, Phil, and I apologize for ever doubting you. I just think maybe maybe they'll do something weird. That's all. That's all that I was thinking with that. Shane Baz Park, too. Who knows? This was a full season of baseball, though, and uh, there's been a lot of prospects that have gotten opportunities to play and take off, and other prospects have struggled. Uh, I just want to throw something out real quick. Uh, Drew Waters has really been struggling recently. I saw that on Twitter. Uh, do you like Drew Waters or not? I do. Um, I think he's, if you are the kind of person that bets on an athlete, he's a real athletic player. Um, if you're the kind of person that looks at, like, uh, character stuff, all you hear is good things about him and how much the org likes him. And you can also kind of tell with how far they pushed him and how quickly they pushed him. So um, I still like waters, uh, but you want him to prove it to you now, I guess I wouldn't be dropping him if I held him already, but I wouldn't be out actively grabbing him until he's proved that he's got a little something else he can add. Oh yeah. Now you speak in my lingo, by the way, this is not on brand at all for Peter Pratt. Lewin Diaz about to be a monster. Ha ha! There it is. Peter Pratt. Do you guys know that Peter Pratt likes the Marlins? Have you guys ever heard this? Uh, we talked about Lewin last week, I think, too. Yes, we covered. There's Lewin, Lewin Diaz. 
Isan Diaz. I mean, there's a lot of Diaz's on the Marlins. And we said they got a plethora of positional players, and they're going to have to make some choices down the road here. But the one thing, this is great news. Jesus Lazardo was a badass in his last start. And I think that trade is going to be... I mean, Starley Marte is awesome. I love Starley Marte, but it's a rental for Oakland. And that trade will be something that we'll look back in a few years and be like, wow, Miami, they gave up a solid player who was going to be a free agent, and they got a legitimate foundational piece in Jesus Lazardo. You agree? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's times when Lazardo looks like he could be one of the best pitchers in the game. So I hear you. I see where you're coming from. So yeah, much upside. Like, oh, yeah. His last start yesterday, he gave up like one or two hits at 8Ks, totally dominant. And that is the kind of guy. I mean, he classic guy who got an injury and he struggled a bit but you knew he wasn't as bad as he was and i just knew that eventually there's too much talent there and you never know with mindset mindset might not work out sometimes right but i think he figured it out yeah he usually looks like he's pitching like he's uh i don't want to say pissed off but almost (laughs) it's not like a bulldog type of pitcher like you know fuck you give me the ball i'm attacking so which is great that's what you want to see um so Hey, a great chance. I'm glad he got, like you said, that chance to move to the Marlins and try and shred some people now. Shredders, KFC shredders. Uh, a couple <laughs> other guys that maybe might get the call. What about Matthew Liberatore of the Cardinals, the former Ray who was part of the Randy Rosarina deal? Will we see him this month? Uh, maybe if St. Louis is looking for some pitching help, um, I could see them calling the kid up. It's somebody they've thought really highly of uh he was a former first round pick uh, pushed him up to triple a this year he's still 21 i believe so um could happen he's got a lefty which might also help because then makes him a little more usable out of the bullpen i would think depending on the situation um and his curveballs really can be really nasty and uh probably will make hitters pretty uncomfortable the first time they encounter it so mm-hmm. liberatory is an interesting uh prospect that i think could get popped yeah all right that's cool i think that a guy like that could be very useful for the cardinals because the cardinals are kind of they're barely alive but if they had an amazing september they could make a run here they're not out of it yet but alex reyes keeps blowing saves for them and he yeah. might lose that job pretty quickly frankly because gallegos has been just much much better and from a fantasy and real life perspective yeah gallegos is a guy i've owned for like the last three years in like every league thinking well, the skills are so good, they got to give him the closer job at some point. That's what I said this year. And somebody yelled at me in the preseason. They were like a Cardinals homer. They're like, we're here in St. Louis. No way in hell Gallegos gets the closer's job. And I guess that person was right because he never got the job this year. But yeah. he might have deserved it. He's been really solid. The walks are way, way down compared to Reyes. Only, I think he has a 70 to 15 K to walk ratio there. So that's that's what you want out of a closer, right? Yeah. And he's been like that for like three straight years now. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. Maybe the, I don't know what's going on there, but Reyes is a, he's very tantalizing. We all know how prospects get yeah. us. They get us all excited and we go prospect crazy. And a guy like Alex Reyes is so, so, oh God. He's like, oh, he's the next, he's the holy savior. Uh, a couple more minutes. We'll get out of here. Uh, a couple other possibilities in play here for call-ups. Nick Lodolo of the Cincinnati Reds. Yeah, he's been so good, man. He's going to be a good starting pitcher. As soon as next year, so really, yeah, yeah. Will really he be better so. than uh, Vladimir Gutierrez? Yeah, yes. And Vlad, think- he, he Vlad is very uh, crafty. Um, yeah, he he gets the most out of the skill that he has. Absolutely. So you think, think Lodolo's more talented? That's obvious. 
He's crafty too, though. And he's got that weird, he's got a funky look, funky kind of angle, almost like a sweeping type lefty. Uh, so I think he's going to be a pain in the ass. I think he's going to be a pain in the ass to deal with. Prospect guru himself, Michael Richards, agrees with you, Phil. When you guys are agreeing on everything, that's probably good news. That means that these things are probably going to come true. And just another reason for you guys to listen to this show every Monday or whenever you want to during the week. It's in perpetuity on their YouTube channel. Sub the YouTube channel, Palazzo Podcast, two L's, two Z's. i got to always forget to do that. But I didn't do Utah, the show. give me two. Can't believe I forgot to do that. Uh, guys, what did you think of Edward Cabrera? Well, what did you think, Phil? Stud, man. Like he's gonna be a stud. I don't know where the Marlins are gonna fit all this pitching, um, but I guess that's a great problem to have. You can never have enough pitching. With all the injuries that happen, I think you're absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah, because we haven't seen Sixto at all this year. In preseason, everybody was thinking, "Oh, this is gonna be the year Sixto, you know, takes the next step after his great 2020 debut." But he's been hurt. Uh, you know, and Cabrera might be a guy that's a little more durable. I guess we'll see, but um, those things are hard to predict. But uh, I really like Cabrera. I think he could be at least a mid-rotation starter with maybe upside to be a little more than that. Who would you rather have, uh, Edward Cabrera or Trevor Rogers? Cabrera, I think. That's a tough one, though, man. That Trevor Rogers, that Rogers, I really like coming into the season. That was one that I think I well, you nailed that one. Got correct. He's, I mean, he, they slowed him down innings wise, but he's been—he was outstanding, very, very yeah, good. Yeah, I think he had some. Uh, what happened with him? He had a family member get COVID or something crazy like that. So he said some. I think that's right. I don't know. He's had some some issues keeping him from pitching. Uh, but like you said, if the innings are down anyway and they're not pitching, they're not playing for anything. Maybe it all works out for the best. That's true. And sometimes things work out for the best. Sometimes they don't. Pablo Lopez has been slowly kind of teased as possibly coming back here for the stretch run, but I really don't think we're going to see him the rest of the year. And I, I bought into it for a while, but now it's over. So yeah. I would probably cut Pablo Lopez and redraft. Of course, in Dynasty, hold on to him. He's going to be a great – he is an excellent pitcher. And here it is, more Marlins talk. Peter Pratt taking over on the Marlins podcast. Sandy Alcantara is just 25, by the way. Is he 26 now? Is he still 25? I'm going to challenge that. I feel like he's <laughs> on the brink of 26 years old, but – I love Sandy Alcantara, and he just had an amazing outing. He's showing more trust in some of his breaking stuff, and I think I think I'm going to keep him in my home league as a keeper next year. Yeah, because like he's on the brink of becoming. Do you, what do you think of Alcantara as a a dynasty keeper guy over, let's say, um, oh boy, I don't. I want a good example here. Um, I don't know. I'm blanking out now. I got nothing. Would you rather have <laughs> Lopez or Alcantara? Sandy. Okay. One thing I like about Sandy is that his stuff should play even with the sticky stuff ban. Um, hmm. Because he's more of a sinker, slider, changeup type guy. So he's got that. Did we talk about that roadie. on the show? I don't think Is that so. You and I but... that talked about that. Uh, the oh, I can't remember who it was, but we talked about the fact that he would. Oh, it was um. What's his face? My guy, uh, open bar dude, my open bar guy, Tony from open bar dudes podcast. He shared that article about how Sandy Alcantara would be one of the people that would benefit from the gunk being taken out of the game because he had that heavy sinker. And that was the type of pitcher you wanted to focus in on the ones that would limit the hard contact or the home runs. If the ball wasn't traveling as far, this would be the kind of guy you'd want. 
turbo sinker type guys. Yep. Or guys that can use the like uh, Walker Bueller kind of did. After you can tell that they took the sticky stuff away from him, but he can <laughs> still use his fastball all over the zone, even the four seamer. So he'll work all four. You want guys that can work the fastball in all quadrants. Uh, in Absolutely. general, watch that. So, and a lot sometimes pitchers were getting away from that the last couple of years because the sticky stuff was obviously so effective at not only uh, enhancing the spin, um, but also potentially creating drag on the baseball that limited how far it was flying in the air when it got hit in the air too. So, oh, that's the guy's thinking. Before we go, uh, would you rather have Jesus Lazardo or Sandy Alcantara for Dynasty? Sandy. He's got okay. the better track record, so I'm keeping Sandy, and I don't think the age difference is enough to bump Luzardo out of him. Okay, wow. Would you rather? That could have... be totally wrong. That's a tough one. Like Brady one. Singer or Jesus Luzardo in Dynasty? Jesus Luzardo. Mm. Okay. Better We're stuff. Finding a pecking order lefty. here. He's better stuff. A lefty throws harder. Um, he's in the NL now too, which helps. So. Of those, uh, last question, then we'll leave. Of all those Royal starters right now, Bubich and Lynch and Singer, which one do you like the best for dynasty purposes long-term right now? Cower has been my pick since they were all drafted, so I think I'm going to stick stay. with him. I'm just going to stick with him at this point. And okay. a rough <laughs> uh, debut. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The changeup is so good, right? So if he could ever add the spin, maybe he can't, though. That's the hardest thing to learn. But if he could, have, if he could ever add the spin, add a breaker somehow, to his arsenal um, and control the fastball a little better, which he has done at AAA. He just couldn't get it done in MLB. Maybe it was too juiced. I don't know. But anywho, Cower was the guy I picked at the start out of the three um, from that draft class for the Royals, so I'm sticking with him. Okay, well, they got like a early 90s Braves thing brewing over there. I'm telling you, all those arms are ridiculous, and they don't have Miami's. They don't have the plethora Miami has, but they still have a nice situation to be in. So, Yep. That's it. Phil Goyette has talked about prospects. He's given you his opinion on dynasty keepers. We got one month left here. We're going to finish strong. I know you guys are all focusing on your football drafts this week, so you're totally not paying attention to baseball. But dynasty is a 365 days endless cycle. It's always something you got to focus on offseason, regular season, preseason, etc. And that's what we do here on the Plaza Podcast every Monday. Thanks for joining us. Follow Phil at Phil of Sports, MJ Govier on Twitter. Plaza Podcast 2L2Z. Utah. And Give me two. We'll get you. Did I hit the right button? Yeah, I did. Yeah. We'll get you guys next time. All right. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Power prospects is a curious thing. Make a person trade everything for a king. Wonder Franco is your one true love. For a prospect, you'll trade all the Sometimes, but it might just save your life. That's the power of prospect.